0: in my life
1: Five minutes after six a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Rosh Chodesh morning. This is and Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish moments in the morning radio program. <laughs>
0: my life. come, me, oi, lay, lov. teref levei yoy, 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 Schab des gold
2: you know, Matsa, woman, no, I wish you
0: Io ramazzavo io ramazzavo manova ve sham ya nu khuygie ka va io ramazzavo io ramazzavo Yom shekulo Shabbos uvrucha,
3: orachanu rahman.
0: yachilenu. Yom shekulo Shabbos uvrucha, Yom shekulo
3: Shabbos
0: uvrucha,
4: lecha yeh
0: Amin Yom shekulo Shabbos uvrucha, lecha yeh Yeah. Me
5: kadesha me 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 me kadesha me kadesha me kadesha me 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 he bom 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 bom
1: J.M. in the A.M. Good morning and welcome to a Friday Arab Shabbos Rosh Chodesh morning here at J.M. in the A.M. Yismechu done by Shabbos Dig Otros. Before that, Rabbi Lenny Oppenheimer, who is now from the northern part of Israel, two a great, two amazing and great selections, Keladon and Yigdal. Leif Tahar with Shabbos and Gillo Karibone, and uh, that's from Bitachon, Yehuda had Aisha Shail, and of course Regesh, Modani, opening things up, and we say good morning and a and welcome to an era of Shabbos. We uh, we traditionally uh, on Rosh Chodesh Av transition to our spoken word format for the nine days, but when uh, when um, uh, we get to the uh, Friday of the nine days, and especially uh, when it's Rosh Chodesh. On Friday, Erev Shabbos for the nine days, we do keep our uh, format going with the a cappella selections until um, until uh, the beginning of next week. So our spoken word format will take over next week. And on Monday, in fact, I'm going to play my uh, father's uh, eulogy of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, which happened on the 3rd of Av. Monday is the 4th of Av, but that happened on the 3rd of Av back in uh, 1994. It happened at the Shloshim of the Rebbe. That's why it was the third of Menachem Av. Um, so welcome to a Friday. Welcome to our Rosh Chodesh. Welcome to an of Shabbos. It's uh, August 2nd, day one in the month of Menachem Av. Rosh Chodesh morning. All the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalav half Hallel, <coughs> special Torah reading, Musaf Barachinavshi, whatever your custom calls for, <coughs> excuse me, on A Rosh Chodesh morning. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Masay outside of uh, Israel. In Israel, it's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Mase. In both cases, or in everyone's case, we will be closing out the book of Bamidbar this Shabbos. So it is uh, Shabbat Chazak, uh, in addition to it being um, uh, what will be the second day of the nine days, Candle lighting here in New York, 750. In New York, candle lighting at 750. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 76 degrees outside with 73% humidity. Winds are east at two miles an hour. Partly cloudy, high of 85. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 73. Tomorrow, scattered thunderstorms, a high temperature, 84 degrees. Sunday looks good in this area, partly cloudy and 89. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 81 up in Guilford, New York. Our friends at Camp Misora enjoying 53-degree weather. And I'm told the teen division is back from uh, their trips to uh, uh, Chicago and Boston, I believe. <clears throat> so uh, up in Guilford, New York, they're enjoying 53-degree weather. Here in New York City, 76 degrees. As uh, we say good morning here at JM in the AM. Uh, 28 minutes before 7 o'clock. Malcolm Homeline's is going to join us just over an hour from now. We'll do the weekly update. Dr. Faye Zockeim in the 8 o'clock hour. About a big event going on in the Catskills next week. Uh, Rabbi Udin, of course, coming up at 8.15. I do remind this audience that um, uh, that this week on Wednesday was the uh, was the yard site. Of Rabbi Yudin's uh, sister, and uh, we take this opportunity again to um, express our condolences to the family of um, Mrs. Kupchik Rothman, uh, the sister of Rabbi Yudin, uh the mother of some very dear friends of ours for many many years, and um, Rabbi Yudin did prepare did prepare in advance of the uh, funeral uh, words for Parshos Matos and Mase. So he will join us coming up at uh, 8.15 this morning. And I do remind you that he and the entire extended family are sitting Shiva in Fairlawn, New Jersey. If uh, you want any details, feel free to uh, contact us here at JMAM. You can just email me, Nahum at NahumSiegel.com, and we will pass on the information. More coming up. It is a Friday morning. Rosh Chodesh, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.
3: (laughs)
0: I'm <laughs> not The car below a
4: He he the job, job, and, I know, and I know, it's the start of a special day. Hey, hey, I got my Shabbos, oh, oh. I got my Shabbos, oh, oh, I got my Shabbos starting Friday night, every Friday night. Oh, I got my shop starting Friday night, every Friday night. Walking through synagogues, always fun on Friday night. Don't you know that the week is done on Friday night? Start of a perfect day. Oh, oh I got my shot. And every Shabbat afternoon, I close my eyes for a couple of minutes and recharge and recharge for the week ahead. Oh, I got my Shabbat. Oh, I got my Shabbat. Oh, I got my oh. The shop is starting Friday dumb, night, every Friday night. Dumb, dumb, dumb.
1: JM in the AM with uh with Shlakapella. And I got my Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Uh before that you heard the uh, Lakhado D done by 613. Ofi Nat with Mimkomcha Kaechov and Mimkomcha off of the Shabis Dig Otro C D. Friday morning on this August 2nd, the first of Menachem Av, Today is Rosh Chodesh. All the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalovyvo and uh half Halel, special Torah reading, Musaf, Baruch Hinafshi, and whatever your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Masay in Israel. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Matos and Masay outside of Israel. For everybody, it's Shabbos Chazak as we close out the Book of Bamidbar. Uh, Candlelighting time at 7.50 here in New York. 7.50, make sure you know when things start. Where you are, again, 7.50 here. In the New York area, 76 degrees, 73% humidity. Winds are East at 2 miles an hour, partly cloudy with a high of 85. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 73. Tomorrow, scattered thunderstorms. High is 84 degrees. 81 in Yerushalayim, 53 up at Camp Missora in Guilford, New York. 76 here in New York City, as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Um, I mentioned earlier that uh, Rabbi uh, Yudin is sitting Shiva for his sister. Uh, nonetheless we will hear from him. He has uh, prepared words um from earlier in the week that we will be airing at uh, the 8:15 this morning during his segment for Parshios Matos and Masse. And we extend condolences to the entire family of uh, Rebitson Evelyn Kupchik Rothman, sister of Rabbi Yudin, mother of uh, some very dear close friends, the Kupchiks, the Landsmans, the Skastes. Um Really an amazing group of, uh, of children that we have been very close with for a long, long time. So our, our condolences. Uh, the uh, Shiva is being observed at the Uden home in Fairlawn. If you need details on that, just email me, nachum at nachumsegel.com, nachum at com. And the Shiva will continue until uh, Tuesday morning. And again, may uh, all of the uh, mourners be comforted among the uh, mourners of Zion and Jerusalem as uh, they go through this uh, this uh, difficult time uh, for their family. Friday morning, JM and the AM. Uh, we are officially in our nine days format, although Erev Shabbos during the nine days, especially when it's Rosh Chodesh, we do keep our a cappella Erev Shabbos elections going which is a rarity during the nine days format. We, uh, we rarely rely on, uh, on these selections. We mostly rely on the spoken word with our barrel wine and others. I do remind you that my father's eulogy for the Lubavitcher Rebbe, which was delivered back in 1994 on the 3rd of Av, is going to be delivered um, this coming, is going to be played, I should say, this coming uh, Monday, 25 years later, on the 4th of Av. It was done the 3rd of Av, the Shloshim of the Rebbe, but of course I'd like to do it on JM and the AM. As much as um, it would be appropriate to do it on Matis' show on Sunday, I still would like to do it here at JMM, so we'll do it on Monday. And uh, if you've never heard it, I strongly recommend that you tune in. It was fabulous, and it's amazing to hear a 25-minute review or biography of the Lubavitcher Rebbe like no one else can do it like my father did it. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the Siegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's in the background. with we'll do our news from Israel coming up. Uh, then, as I said, weekly update at 740 Eastern Time this morning and plenty more. Feel free to comment on the NSN app. Galayit
6: Israel Army Radio 2 p.m. 2 PM newscast 6. next. time, one the באותה כיבת שמונה חודשים פונתה לבית החולים זיו בצפת לאחר ששעתה זמן ממושך ברכב סגור בעיר כתבנו יובל סגב מוסר שמצבה מוגדר יציב והיא סובלת חום המשטרה עצרה נהג בשנות ה-40 לחייו בחשד שביצע עבירות מין בקטינה כתבתנו הדס שטייף מוסרת שמצרו של חשוד הורך בשלושה ימים מוקדם יותר היום מורה מאזור המרכז נעצר בחשד לביצוע עבירות מין בתלמיד בן 13, איך השיעות 61 הותר והובה לחקירה. שר הפנים אריה דרי העריך את המועד לאישור תקציב הרשויות המקומיות עד 30 בספטמבר, התקופה מירבית הקבועה בחוק. החלטה התקבלה בתום ישיבה שקיים דר בלישקת בלשכת היועץ המשפטי לממשלה אביחי מנדל בליט ובהשתתפות המדינה שי ניצן. כתבנו יובל הראל מוסר שהרשויות שלא אישרו את עד כה הן דבריה, רהט, אוספיה וירקה. משמעות ההחלטה היא שראשי הרשויות הנבחרים ימשיכו בחונתם. שלטונות ירדן סגרו אתר שבו לפי המסורת נקבר אהרון הכהן, וזאת לאחר שקבוצת מתפללים חרדים קיימה בו הילולה ללא מרוש מראש. סרטון שתיעד את האירוע נפוץ בין גולשים בירדן וחולל שערה פוליטית. משרד הקדשים הירדן יודע כי המקום נסגר עד להודעה חדשה, וכימי התא תותר כניסת מתפללים אליו רק באישור. תחזית מזג האוויר היום תחו לירידה קלה בטמפרטורות בשבת התחממות אלה החדשות.
5: Maya ah, ah, ay 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 may sem oh. lai
3: I'm
0: not
5: i not
0: Stop.
2: Ko yom ko akh zikro yona matava mana yona yona I am not living in the Shamra of subanim. Hogu pish ne Matsa, Yona Matsa
0: sham ya nu khuya nu fu Be our home, you must be shocked, be shocked,
2: be good, be good, be
0: show.
1: JM and the AM with the uh, Kalbach Vishamru done by uh, Yehuda Solomon, of course. Uh, one of the great Solomon brothers it was great having Nachman Solomon on from Israel a couple of Wednesdays ago, you'll remember, when we were talking about Moshav uh, Mavomodin. We have another trip to Israel coming up. We will be broadcasting from the plane on the uh, lone charter Nefesh Benefesh flight uh, for this summer. We will be broadcasting from the plane. Uh, We're looking forward to it. Uh, That actual plane ride, the Aliyah flight, is August the 13th, which means you'll hear that show during JM and the AM on the 14th of August, Wednesday morning between 6 and 9 a.m. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Believe you me, we're looking forward to it. We have been on this uh, Nefesh Benefesh flight many, many times. It's always a unique and amazing experience, and we're gearing up and getting ready for this one. Friday morning on this Rosh Chodesh morning, today's Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av, a one-day Rosh Chodesh. Um, all the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalav Yavu. Yalav Yavu, at Mincha as well, by the way, Yalav Yavu, uh, half Hallel, special Torah reading. Mosaf Whatever your custom calls for when it comes to a Rosh Chodesh morning. Um, it's Erev Shabbos Mat- Parshas Matos and Maseh outside of Israel. In Israel, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Maseh. Uh, we will finally be caught up with Israel. We'll both read Devarim on Shabbos Chazon. And we'll both have Shabbos Chazak this Shabbat. It'll be Shabbat Chazak this Shabbat for both. We'll have two parashios in Israel. There'll be one parsha Candle lighting in New York, 750. Uh, a lot of synagogues begin earlier. And in addition to that, make sure you know when things start where you are. Feel free to comment on the app, the NSN, Nachum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. Feel free to comment away. I mentioned earlier Rabbi Yudin will join us. He uh, prepared words uh, before his sister's funeral that he uh, shared with us for Matos and Massey, so we will share those with you today. And we extend our condolences on the passing of Rebitson Evelyn Kupchik Rothman, sister of Rabbi Yudin, mother of some of our dear friends, including the uh, Landsmans Kupchiks and uh, Skastes. The funeral uh, took place on Wednesday. A shiva is being observed at the Yuden home in Fairlawn until Tuesday morning. If you need details, I recommend you email me, nalchum at nalchumsegal.com, nalchum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at N A C H U M S E G A L dot lcom And may the mourners be comforted among the mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. Malcolm, a home line coming up. We'll do the weekly update here at JM in the AM. We'll do that uh, at 7.40 Eastern time this morning. Fagi Zakheim's uh, scheduled to join us. Uh, we will speak with her coming up in the 8 o'clock hour about a major event that's happening uh, next week. Next week up in the Catskill region, in fact. So we'll discuss that. I remind you, we have a live Tisha B'av program going on here at the Nahum Siegel Network with our friends at the New Springville Jewish Center. I, for years, have told you about the leadership and the um, and the trailblazing that goes on at the New Springville Jewish Center. And last year, they brought this amazing concept to us of uh, together presenting a uh, wonderful Tisha B'Av program, which includes. Five presentations about Kinos and two presentations about uh, Tisha B'av thoughts in general. Uh, the New Springville Jewish Center on Tisha B'av morning a week from Sunday will daven at their, uh, at their center at 120 Saxon Avenue at 825 in the morning. So of course, the entire program is free admission. Men and women are welcome. You can watch the entire program at NahumSiegel.com. You can listen on the NSN app. The kinnas will be explained by uh, starting at 9.15 in the morning by Shlomo Y. Siegel, Shlomo Schwartz, Rabbi Yehuda Kovacs, Rabbi Eliyahu Sun and, Shine, and Rabbi Yosef Siegel. Thoughts about Tishabov begin at 12.15 with Mayor Simcha Siegel and Rabbi Yaakov Lerfield, who is the uh, Rabbi of the Young Israel of Staten Island. Mincha will be at 2 p.m. Again, listen at NachumSiegel.com, the NSN app, via the listen line, and of course, watch the entire presentation at NahumSiegel.com, which you could do, by the way, from the browser on your phone as well. Information, you can contact the synagogue, the New Springville Jewish Center on Staten Island, and we are proud that we're going to be presenting that again for the uh, second year in a row coming up on Tisha B'Av Um, Trying to see what else I wanted to remind everybody about. Um, the bake sale for the Lone Soldier Center that happens Thursday and Friday of next week at Breezy's Dimples at three at 554 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst, 11 a.m. It starts on Thursday, 1030 a.m. It starts on Friday. And again, that is the um, bake sale in support of the Lone Soldier Center. I hope everybody will participate. I'd mentioned the annual Catskills Nine Days Conference from the United Task Force. Uh, it happens this coming Tuesday afternoon up in the Catskills. And um, Fagi Zakhan will join us in the uh, 8 o'clock hour to discuss it. So we'll have that for you, for you coming up here at JM in the AM. I remind you, the Amit Yom Iyun for Women. A Yomi Yun for Women by Women is Wednesday, August the 7th, starting at 9.30 in the morning at the Sephardic Temple on Branch Boulevard in Cedarhurst. Keynote speaker is Razie Chechik, head of school of Manhattan Day School. Her topic, letters floating in the air, the story of the woman who printed the Vilna Talmud. Lunch will follow. Register at amitchildren.org slash Yomi Yun, amitchildren.org slash Yomi Yun. That's the information on that one. So there's a lot going on, plenty happening in our community, and I am glad that we are able to feature a whole bunch of events and let you uh, and let you know about them. Friday morning on this Rosh Chodesh here at JM in the AM, Malcolm Holmlund, just a few minutes from now, with a weekly update at JM in the AM.
3: Love.
7: Nine Dai, da 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 No
1: J.M. in the A.M. a high with the Krakow, Nigun. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, Yehuda Solomon's, uh, excuse me, you heard Kol Mekadesh from Shabbos Dig Otsros, and Yehuda Solomon had Vishamru before that one here on a Friday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning at J.M. in the A.M. I mentioned earlier that um, uh, Rabbi Yudin, Will join us later on. He uh, recorded words of uh, Matos and Mase for us earlier in the week. Many of you are aware of the fact that he and the extended uh, Yudin and uh, Kupchik and Rothman families are sitting Shiva. Uh, Rebbits and Evelyn Kupchik Rothman, sister of Rabbi Yudin and mother of some dear friends of ours, the Kupchik Landsman and Skaste families. Uh, passed away earlier uh, in the week, and Shiva is being observed at Rabbi Yudin's home in Fairlawn until this coming Tuesday morning. Any details you need on that, if you can't find them online, etc., just email me Nachum at nachumseigel.com, Nachum at nachumseigel.com, and we will be uh, more than happy to give you the information to the um, so that you can uh, pay a Shiva call uh, to the Yudins and the extended family of uh, Rebitson uh, Kupchik Rothman. It is a Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av on this Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Mase, Just Parshas, Mase in Israel. candlelighting here at 7.50. I want to remind you about JewishWorldReview.com. Uh, JewishWorldReview.com gives you an opportunity to um, read and print out hundreds of articles about Israel and the Jewish world. Uh, check them out on a daily basis, com, and we thank them for highly recommending to their readers our amazing and incredible network. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Friday morning for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Oh, good, and welcome back to you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I didn't really go anywhere this week, but I thank you for that. Um, all right, what do you know of, and again, I know, you know we always talk about following news on this side of the world, et cetera, but, I mean, from your perspective, Jewish leadership uh, position, uh, what do you know about this shooting earlier in the week at the Young Israel North Miami Beach?
8: It's still not clear. I mean, we found out about it literally within minutes of it, and SCAN, our security uh, operation, um, was on top of it from the first, uh, literally the first minutes and had been in touch both with the local community, with FBI, with police. And uh, after the initial uh, reports were obviously taken very seriously and are very serious, uh, that somebody sitting outside a shul waiting for mincha was was shot in the legs. That somebody drove by, and it appears somebody who circled the block before. But uh... within a short while, they were saying we're not exactly sure of the motivation, uh, which is usually a sign that there might have been some altercation or something not necessarily involving this person and that he was just uh either mistaken identity or or a different target that somebody on the block had had uh, some difference or altercation with the with the government as none of this is proven none, and there have been no conclusions as you've seen and the investigation
1: is, uh, is still ongoing so one can't conclude that it's a random hate crime and at the same time as you just said you can't yet conclude that it was either a personal matter or a misunderstanding in terms of somebody who was trying to settle a personal matter etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. nonetheless I, I don't know I I I would think, especially among the Orthodox community, because this was a you know an Orthodox synagogue, I, I would think the reaction nationwide would have been you know one of much more uh, panic and one one of uh, you know a, 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 of of greater reaction. From oh, our there t-
8: was a strong reaction immediately uh, after the announcement, uh, and don't forget during the summer and some days and stuff that it's uh, right. uh, in true. the evening. It's. Uh, Limited. You know, it's more limited, right. but I think as soon as the word got out that they weren't uh, concluding anymore that it was necessarily a, a hate crime, I think all those things may have muted uh, some of the response. We put out a statement, others did, and as I told you, it, it, you know, got involved immediately just to right. find out. Uh, it, regardless of the circumstance, it's very troubling.
3: Right.
8: It, it's not to excuse what happened, it's just to it, understand it. Uh, but, you know, t- this week we held a conference to try to pull the Jewish community together on the issue of anti-Semitism, what's being done, how we coordinate, how we maximize resources, what, what gaps there are, and we had planned it for 50 people, 140 people came. They represented 58 organizations from across the country and even from Canada. And uh, the, the conference, the meeting went over six hours with really extensive discussions about from uh, ranging from uh, the situation in kindergartens to 12th grade as, and campus uh, to security issues to, I mean, we had uh, links to Europe and to find out what are the lessons we can derive from uh, the leaders, leadership in Europe and the head of the British Jewish community even was there. The, uh, there's a real sense of, of the seriousness of this moment and it's crossed the board right to left at a time when everybody has to come together and put aside differences, not ignore them, but put them aside, to look at the commonality of interests we have, that the, the challenge is far too great for any one group, and it's far too great for a time of recriminations and personal uh, perspectives, taking um, priority over the common interests and common goals. It's really essential today, and we're going to move towards a national assembly uh, featuring non-Jews, non-Jews, coming out and taking stands and it's time to put the onus where it belongs because we are not the perpetrators, we're the victims. Mm -hmm. And therefore it rests upon everyone else to take a stand. And we're seeing that that response has also been very encouraging. Uh, You saw the Pew poll that said that Jews were the most, of all religious groups, it was the most, uh, they had the most favorable rating, even above Catholics and Protestants and Buddhists and others. Um, the, the differences aren't, weren't great percentage-wise, but the, the, it, it is a statement as well. And the the um, you know the challenge right now is that we're being hit from so many different sides from the internet, and we had internet experts there and talking about how the, it's manipulated and it's it's done in ways that we can't even imagine. How many sites there are, how they can put out a message and infiltrate all of the regular media with it. Uh, with no fingerprints, that the community really has to say this is a priority and that starts with security at our schools and schools, to the broader national legislative front, to the FBI and police taking it seriously and pursuing cases and people reporting them, because we still believe the vast majority of anti-Semitic incidents, whether it's harassment and stuff, don't get reported.
1: Yeah. Um, and by the way, I understand that sometimes, uh, you know, why the victims would not, because you read about these episodes that seem insignificant in the big picture, and one from Great Britain I read about yesterday, and and you wonder if it's worth reporting, but as you always say, every one of them is worth reporting. Uh, so well said on all these things. I just want to add one thing and, and ask for your help on this. Um, someone made a comment to me this week. We have no security in our synagogue for the following reason. I said, why? So he said... Because we're across the street from a major synagogue, and if someone's going to try and attack something in our neighborhood, obviously it's going to be that target. How silly is that evaluation?
8: It is very serious because protection is not about prevention, it's about deterrence. So if they see that the synagogue across the street has one door open with a guard there, they will go and look at the more vulnerable target. And often the attacks are taking place in place, you know, that they scout out, they see the pattern, they see whether there are security guards, and the the um, tendency is for them to strike. Because, look, these people are cowards. They don't strike military targets, they don't shoot the police. They shoot innocent people at prayer, they, they shoot innocent civilians. It's like terrorists. I mean, they are terrorists, but, but the... The, um, the MO is that they, they look for the most vulnerable target, and so he, they are, in fact, maybe being set up. And because there's a big synagogue it may be deterred, from which it may be deterred, they will turn to, to the more vulnerable place.
1: No question about that. Um, all right, well, while we're here in the U.S. in our discussion, what did you think of Bernie Sanders' statement about cutting military aid to Israel?
8: I don't take the things that he says necessarily. I, mean, I take it seriously, but obviously it's, it's um, you know, these are all campaign slogans, ones that they might implement if elected, but, you know, the support for aid to Israel remains very strong on a bipartisan basis. We saw it in the votes this year. I think it continues to be. Is it vulnerable? Yes. Can we take it for granted? No. Because you have other people, Rand Paul, others who who have opposed uh, aid, but he said, he didn't say to cut it. He said he would consider it, as right. I recall, um, as an option. And his venom for for the prime minister and for uh, policies and, and attacks on Israel generally about the nature of the relationship are of concern when you see this permeating uh, so much of the of a national party. Uh, where people are afraid to come out and and be assertive in their support for Israel, and you know things that traditionally would have been automatics that are not necessarily the case, and we have to be concerned about what will happen at the Democratic uh, Party's convention, right. which is a highly high-profile high profile event. And if you remember last time, I was just going to say you, that's correct over the resolution and it right. passed. In a questionable way, even because of that, but because the chairman of the, of the convention and others wanted it to pass and declared it so, those who were there
1: were not so sure. And you're correct about the uh, he would consider withholding uh, military aid. Of the twenty, if someone asked them that question directly, would you consider withholding military aid? I wonder how many of the twenty would raise their hands. What, what do you think? You have any any idea what the uh, who who would still be you know concerned enough? about not raising their hand because of, you know, is Israel and Jewish support and where they come from in terms of what regions and, you know, districts they represent and which are ready to hop on the Sanders bandwagon on this? Any guess what it might be? Well, first thing, the answer is too many.
8: <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the second is that uh, um, it depends on how the question says asked. If it's asked, uh, well, will you support continuing aid if they annex the West Bank or something uh, like that, which has become an issue, and you see that they Several of them have made statements about it, but it's clear that the the influence of some of the more extreme elements permeates uh, the party. And by the way, the Republicans have their own uh, uh, problems. That, but these weeks, the the Democratic candidates have been more visible. The fact that that international affairs. Was virtually absent, completely right. from these debates. It's really a statement in and of itself, and that's about the media and about not about uh, the candidates, the most of whom I think would be would, would ask, be supportive uh, of the U.S. as a relationship. Uh, I mean, everyone puts their own imprimatur on it, but the fact is that you know people are very critical. Let's say of the Obama administration, they they did a 10-year, you know, multi-billion-dollar deal with Israel. That uh, guarantees the 3.8 billion per year in in the aid and was reconfirmed now by this administration and uh, Congress. They passed overwhelmingly the anti-BDS uh, legislation. The problem is that the few hostile voices and the especially certain individuals soak up all the public attention. They get, everything they say is taken as if it's some sort of uh, gospel truth from, from you know on high. When they're, by, by and large, ignorant and don't know what's going on, and that the same voices get drowned out. I mean, it's true even amongst academics. It's true in every circle, but particularly in politics, especially when, you, when everything is so charged. And the growing polarization and politicization of politics here is, is very destructive, and it's, it, it then gives people, marginal people, platform, which only enhances their role and helps them raise money, and they are building networks and recruiting people uh, behind their banner, and and it usually happens when there is a vacuum, and and unfortunately, the wrong people fill it.
1: One of the only Democrats who did focus on foreign affairs this week was a local congresswoman, you know who I'm referring to, Ocasio-Cortez, who made sure to defend the Palestinian rioters because Israel continues to marginalize them, in her opinion. Uh, I don't know what strategy Jewish leaders can use other than trying to unseat her next time around.
8: Well, uh, I don't get into the politics, uh, uh, but I think that the best policy would be sometimes to ignore her. Because every time we build her up by by keeping the focus on her, rather than on all the congresspeople who are doing great things but get no recognition, so they see the only way to get The attention, which then results in fundraising and all sorts of other things, impacts all those things, uh, is to say the more extreme, uh, kind of take more extreme positions like them. So I would, uh, and I don't think we should glorify it with the squads and with all these things that, you know, transform people who are, in most cases, not well-informed uh and and we should put the focus on the on the good guys. So
1: as superfluous as this statement might sound, there are plenty of democrats still doing great things for Israel and other good things.
8: Absolutely right. And and look at the foreign relations committee, look at the at, uh the bills that are coming out and the uh, you know, they resurrected the uh, bipartisan task force on antisemitism, the the support for uh, the aid to Israel package, the everything just in the, in the last few days. So there are, and um, and and believe me, many in the Democratic Party are very upset and worried about the impact and the radicalization of of uh, their party and uh, Republicans about any about the extremism. We see it from the left, we see it from the right, we see it from Muslims, we see it from minorities, we see it from so many different sectors that um, it's no one source and no one party is not. Uh, a particularist issue this is uh, unfortunately becoming uh, more and more generalized and and when we see how young people are infected with anti-semitism with Holocaust ignorance and even Holocaust denial that uh, as one symptom of it uh, but more than that that uh, as the increase in anti-semitic attacks here in Great Britain elsewhere include physical assaults in record numbers, and, the, and uh, that the NYPD report, you know, really speaks for itself, that the, uh, the numbers are, uh, that 67% of the attacks are against Jews, and that there was an 80% increase uh, this year there uh, uh, there's so many statistics and things that we could discuss, but the, the, the bottom line is that there is a real challenge and something that we have to take very seriously uh, here and abroad. We've proven that America is not immune to it. Democracy, as I said yesterday, is an antidote. It's not a preventative. And we have to take the steps necessary to assure that we we have done everything possible, to protect uh, our communities, and to fight the hatred and bigotry that, that we see so, uh, so prevalent in many places.
1: Democracy is an antidote, not a preventative. Preventative. Excellent. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the World on the Web at com and the Segel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honlein is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents, a major American Jewish organization. So, Yaakov Katz has this big article today about uh, why is Israel outsourcing its national infrastructure to China. Uh, you and I have discussed and in some ways pondered some of the deals that have gone on between Israel and China. Until he outlined some of these, though, I didn't realize to what degree they're really in with China. Three three. Little pieces, just bear with me. Three little pieces from the article and I want your reaction. One, there is barely a meeting today between U.S. officials and their Israeli counterparts in which China's issue in which the China issue does not get mentioned. Energy Secretary Rick Perry brought it up last week during his talks with Netanyahu as the Secretary of State Pompeo during his visit, John Bolton, etc. The second is all warn Israel about the repercussions of giving the Chinese too much access to Israel's economy. Not to mention the growing investments by Chinese VCs in Israel's high-tech firms and startups. And number three, it would be one thing if Israel, uh, if Israel was just another country doing business with China. One U.S. official explained. But Israel is one of our closest allies, with which we have a high degree of intelligence cooperation. Having that intelligence fall into Chinese hands is something America is not willing to risk. Your reaction?
8: Well. It's uh, american America, and others are very sensitive to the in, the uh, expanding role and objectives of uh, of China. The uh, one road, one belt policy, which is uh, enabling it to to build the contacts and. Uh, purchase and infiltrate in countries around the world. And if you go to Africa, go to other places, you see the growing uh, investment in role and they seem to have unlimited funds to do it, even though there are economic limitations, I think, in China today. the um, uh, a- And the particular concern that gave rise to a lot of this was the outsourcing of control of one of the seaports in Israel. And they said if, if, the, if Haifa or, or anywhere else is controlled by China, American Ships will be reluctant to uh, military ships to dock, and will be prevented, in fact, from doing so because concerned that intelligence and other things will be will be leaked. And there is a history of of China um, taking intellectual property or or um, constantly imbe- um, involved in uh, in uh, espionage or or some lighter term than that, uh, but even that. And therefore, the United States is very hesitant about the growing involvement in Israel because of the interaction, because of the sensitive uh, military equipment and relationship. And you have the exercises, other things that go on almost on a regular basis between the countries. Uh, So it's sort of a warning right now. But it could escalate into some sort of a, a repercussion, economic repercussion. Or, as I said, you know, the Sixth Fleet stopping to call there, which was a, a big achievement. Uh, for a long time, they didn't. Uh, that, uh, I think it's a policy of Chavdeyot on the part of Israel. They're not ignorant of the concern, but at the same time, it's a huge market. There are, uh, I don't know, 100,000 or 150,000 Chinese that will visit Israel this year. The number grows each year. Uh, They invest in in Israeli high tech, which is always hungry for more and more VC and and investment money. And it's, it's it's a real dilemma for them. And, uh, you know, the Chinese have bought even the dairies in Israel right. because they found out that Jewish cows get more milk. <laughs> does,
1: and, does Russia care as much about the Israel-China relationship?
8: Uh, I'm sure it's not. They're not as public about it. And remember that today Russia and China are working together on a, a lot of things. We saw that recently in the
1: Far East. So it might be less relevant to them in mm, terms of concern? Probably
8: less relevant is a good
1: term. Um uh the Boris Johnson uh, appointment he's the new Prime Minister of England, his new defense Minister, Ben Wallace. What's your right. opinion on Ben Wallace?
8: Well, I don't know him, but i I do know a lot about him, and uh what we know is of great concern. uh Johnson has always been touted as a great friend of Israel, and um I think the appointment would be is very troubling. This is a man who went with Corbin. The head of the Labour Party and and has tolerated the anti-Semitism and maybe one himself um, to Iran. He says that he has visited Iran more than anybody, any other minister, anybody else. He has been a defender of Iran and of the uh, JCPOA, and putting him in as as defence minister doesn't sound exactly like an encouraging signal, uh, and has. Uh, the, the Jewish Friends of Labor came out and said it was utterly shocking, and people on both sides of the aisle were expressing uh, regret, even from his own party, uh, concern about the uh, the
1: appointment. Not that I know much about British politics, but I wonder who he was trying to satisfy. Like, was this was this part of the you know the machinations of forming a government that we sometimes see, where one is trying to build bridges with another party or another side?
8: It could be, and maybe he's signaling some openness right. uh, for to to Iran. Maybe he, this is a. He can't be uh, ignorant of the potential implications and how people would would view it. Um, but you know, he he is also we're told given to brash actions, and I I don't know whether this was something he had promised, something that he did for for reasons, and especially at a time when we see. You know, the pressure for more talks that the um, even the United States making uh, some sort of outreach at the same time. We added sanctions this week to the foreign minister Zarif because he's seen as the chief liar and uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, the chief spokesman and the um, uh, and the administration took action against him, which I think is uh, really important, but Iran's aggressiveness is is increasing all the time. You know that, and you see the impact of the of the sanctions. Nahum, you know that they they passed a bill yesterday that cut four zeros from their currency. Wow! So somebody, talk about devaluation. At five thousand dollars, it's five dollars. Wow! So, it's, it's, and they changed the name from real to tomar and and uh, and the. They're saying, oh, this was in the works, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, isn't, it isn't true.
1: Well, they think psychologically they can convince people that they're, you know, they're not in as desperate an economic you know, situation as they really are. And the and – the,
8: well, people couldn't – they couldn't afford printing all the money that was necessary. If you went into to wow. a, a grocery store, you had to take a, a suitcase for, for, with money. Ugh. And so you cut it back. But remember, that means somebody who had a pension or had a bank account is now four zeros less on it it's it's it is really a a strong statement that the um, and but yet they continue they they tested a new shahab three missile which is capable of carrying a, a nuclear warhead about went about seven hundred miles. oil is down they said maybe down to a hundred thousand this month and even last month it was three to five hundred thousand China has cut back the um, and so the, 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 but become more more aggressive. There, uh, there's more evidence of their involvement both in in uh, Lebanon, Hezbollah, with and and Syria as well as in Gaza, much more in Gaza than before, and saying that if uh, they said if there's a front opened in the north, that they would open a front in the south, and all of this can happen without the involvement of. Uh, of, of Iran. And, and their, the Hezbollah is, is building fortresses along Israel's uh, northern border, the border with Lebanon. The Lebanese villages have been described now as becoming uh, fortresses, uh, which will complicate and necessitate Israel's response to be even stronger.
1: That's always been a concern and, and scary, frankly, and I think we've discussed it you know, many, many times, and that would be if if there would be a buildup both up north and you know in the south, and, and God forbid there would be you know an attempt to uh, challenge Israel on both fronts. and and frankly, I don't know I mean, not, not, not to God especially this time of year, not to God forbid uh, wish it on anybody, but I, I, I always wonder why the enemy never really went in that direction yet, right? Would it, it, there would be really no time in the last 10, 20 years where that type of effort has been made, right?
8: Well, they did escalate it when there were uh, tensions um, going on or they would uh, escalate to a point. But right now, in the north, they're trying to build the infrastructure. They're trying to get closer and closer to the Golan. We see more of a presence, both of the militia. Hezbollah actually has been redeployed in Syria in the last uh, 10 days or so uh, to the border area with Lebanon and and to the Golan, which is the... You know, seen as the vulnerable place for them, that's why they built the tunnels there, et cetera, and where Iran is probably putting the, uh, um, you know, the uh, the emphasis. So the um, um, the Israel has continued to act against Iranian locations, including perhaps one uh, a strike this week in Iraq that hit a fuel depot for their for Iranian missiles.
1: How large is the Iranian presence in Iraq? Pardon me how large is the iranian presence in iraq very large they,
8: i mean they are the dominant suleimani is there with the irgc and the iraqis have actually resisted uh somewhat and the but their presence there is very serious and they moved it seems they may have moved some of their operations thinking they would be impenetrable in iraq but israel showed them this week that that was not safe either for them if they Continue to engage in, in these activities, which are prohibited by Security Council resolutions, uh, at least most of them. And the, um, uh, but but Israel has struck, has hit and, and struck many targets. And you see that Iran has not retaliated, because Iran understands that Israel is serious and the consequences will be dire for them. So basically, and that's the message that Iran has to get. They have to get it from everybody. Can't. Flirt with them, and you can't send them mixed signals. They got to understand. And when Europe keeps premising them the index, insta- and all sorts of other alternatives to bypass UN sanctions, all of them have proven to be zeros, nothing. And they, uh, and the, but they keep offering them the out and promising them, you know, that they're going to fight for the relationship. And they send their diplomats to uh, to Tehran. Well, mixed signals don't work with the Iranians and with with the dictators like
1: that. And the only uh, and the only signal that the Iranians give their citizens is, is, is that if they have any money to spend, they're going to spend it on military. Basically, they're not there they're not there to help their own people.
8: N- uh, nothing at all. And the uh, you know the very fact that that, they're, that they they've let the economy deteriorate to the point that it has, and without oil income, it will deteriorate even further. But it's not Khamenei and it's not the RGC and others who will suffer. It's the vast masses, of the people upon whom they will visit the consequences of their uh, radical policies.
1: And there's no revolution in sight there, huh? There's no movement, there's no...
8: There is a great deal of movement, but we're not supporting it properly, we're not helping those forces, uh, which is really the way I believe that, that you'll get real change, is if the people from the inside who do want to see this government go and, and want more freedom, and you see it amongst young people, you see it in the cities, in the demonstrations that took place, but it hardly gets any resonance in the West, and then they feel isolated and alone.
1: Why didn't Naftali Bennett allow Ayella al to become the leader of the right-wing parties?
8: Because I think he saw that she was more popular and uh, read the tea leaves and, and that she had more support
1: within and without. You know today's report says that uh, Lee Kudd is doing a little bit better than people thought. we we We've been looking at it over the last couple of weeks as a dead heat between the two major parties. Now it looks like Lee Kud may have uh you know a, a, the potential to have a couple of more mandates than labor or than the left, I should say.
8: Well, I think both things are operative: uh, dead and heat. That there uh, are a lot of things, uh, aspirations that that have died, and views that have changed. And it certainly has been hot in Israel. But the, <laughs> this week, uh, two days ago, was the uh, filing deadline, and I think the latest count is there were 32 parties that registered. Wow! Which is ridiculous. Um, And they divide the vote, and a lot of votes get lost because you have a 3.25 percent threshold, which people here don't understand that if you don't reach that threshold, your votes are thrown out. It's not that you still can get elected with the numbers. If you don't pass that threshold, you're not there, and those votes get wasted. So that's why you see these coalitions of different parties coming together, because they want to assure, number one, that they pass the threshold. Unfortunately, the beneficiary so far seems to be Lieberman. The latest polls show perhaps even 10, 11 seats. I don't believe that. I think it'll go down again. Uh, I think uh, the there is a lot of desire for a unity government to, to emerge. Um, uh, you know he is running. Again, Lieberman is running against uh, Haredim, and against. The, even though he had a good relationship with those parties, um, but you know he doesn't want a halachic state. He said, and um, I don't uh, would not want to see this be a referendum on that. It's uh, it's going to be very heated, I think, until we get to the election on September 17th. And but more than half the people in Israel in a poll just this week, said they wanted a unity government because I think they're tired of this. This is second campaign, you know, in a few months. It's very expensive. It's tedious. And the, um, uh, the, you know, the comments get to be more and more severe, the attacks. And this is before the real focus, which will be in the coming weeks.
1: All right, so we're 47 days away, but if, 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 if things, the way things look right now, Again, you just said Lieberman likely will not be getting the number of votes eventually that people are predicting right now. But the way it looks right now, he would be a kingmaker. He'd have the potential to form some type of government. And if, in fact... No, no, he can't form a government. He no, can meaning, influence the correct. governments that are formed. Meaning he could, he could help someone form a government. Right. right. He could help someone form a government. Um, otherwise, it, 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 I, I can't imagine... That it would be anything other than a unity government. There'd be, there'd be no other choice, frankly. The numbers don't bear out any other option at this point, right? If they remain basically where we think they are, the numbers right now.
8: Um,
1: well, and it also depends. Could there be a split
8: between Guns and Lapide? so blue and white? One goes blue and one goes white and separate? Or do they uh, stick together? Uh, if the... Um, Right wing block if, gets 15 seats and the religious get right, 15. That's 30. Right. And if we could get, you know, 30 seats, then you have a, a, a government. I don't think it's the one that people that Netanyahu necessarily wants. Right. He said he doesn't want a right wing uh, government. Well,
1: also because it would be a 61 seat government, which you know is never good for him.
8: Right. And the, and then again, you have Likud, the Lieberman factor comes into play. Right. So. Right now, I think it's much too early to predict the outcome of, of this, but whether the public pressure for a unity government would actually succeed.
1: Those first two weeks of September in Israel are going to be insane. Yes, <laughs> you could be sure of that. Wait we see the pictures, the posters, uh, the it,
8: signs that are starting to go up. Yeah, it's uh, just gonna... Netanyahu with um, the president. But Netanyahu then, with
1: but then Putin. the but then <laughs> but, I mean, now the posters, as we said last week, are up, but the the rhetoric is going to get so insane. During those two, especially with Lieberman, who really doesn't hesitate to say anything, frankly, whatever he wants to say, whatever's on his mind, he whatever has. he thinks will broaden his base. Right. Finally, is there going to be a Camp David summit or not? I,
8: I, there may be, but uh, I don't see anything imminent. I don't see the. So no way, no way before forward. the
1: election they'd play that game. No way before the Israeli election they would have some type of uh, of meeting. I just don't see the, who who would be at the meeting, and,
8: and the um, Abbas doesn't want to do anything that will help Netanyahu, oh, uh, he, and he's been reluctant to join anything that would help uh, the Trump ca- proposals. He still has not met with them. They are in the region now talking, um, uh, Jason and Jared, et cetera, and still working um, seriously and, and um, involved in negotiations, and hopefully the economic plan can really get off the ground to show that uh, the progress is possible. You have an obstinate uh, Palestinian authority that continues to pay to slay, that continues to do everything to, to make their own people suffer and lose out. And, the, um, uh, and you see that there's a, people are getting tired of it. The head of Rawabi uh, met with the chief of staff who visited uh, uh, Rawabi. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of signs that people went to, to the conference in uh, uh, the the summit meeting, the $50 billion summit. Uh, so I think that this is, uh, it remains the one ray of hope. I think that they have been uh, really honest in putting out the messages and, and trying to send a message to the Palestinian people that they're with them and that there are opportunities and that they have a government that the world gives a pass to all the time. I heard uh, these reports on, on uh, CNN this weekend on um, NPR that, that just completely distort the reality on the ground. and and, and you know, place owners. Israel gave 800 building permits in Area A. Are, the Palestinians are building illegally all these areas, and yet they say, "Well, they're restricted; they're not able to build. They don't have." They talk about the, um, the checkpoints. They don't say that the checkpoints have been streamlined and they're working now all the time to cut down the waiting time and and the tens of thousands across every day. None of this gets told. So I hope your listeners, when they when they hear these reports, answer it. Don't let them get away with the lies. It, every phone call you make to a station, to a TV, radio, Internet, respond, and and you, you never know
1: what a difference you can make. 100%. Thank you, Malcolm, of wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Rabbi Yudin is coming up. As we mentioned, uh, Rabbi Yudin's sister, it's an Evelyn Kupchik rothman passed away this week. Shiva is being observed at the Yudin Home in Fairlawn. If you need information, Nahum, at com, And of course, to our dear friends in the Yudin and Kupchik and Landsman and Skaist and Rothman families, we say, uh, may you be comforted among the mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. This time each and every Friday morning, every of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin.
9: Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and good Chodesh, everybody. Today being Rosh Chodesh Menachim Av. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading the two Parshios of Matos and Masay. We finally come together with Eretz Yisrael this Shabbos. They having read Parshios Matos last week, and we are uh, reading tomorrow. They are reading Mase. tomorrow. We read the two Partios of Matos and Masse, and both of us will be reading Devarim on Shabbos Chazon. According to the Chinuch, there are eight mitzvos between the two Partios. Parshas Matos contains one positive and one restriction and Parshas Maseh contains two positive and four restrictions. Before I share a thought on the Parsha, it's only right that we review a little bit. Unfortunately, again, the laws of the nine days that began last night with Rosh Chodesh at sunset last night Rosh Chodesh Menachim Av and just to give a little bit of background to these halachos I think I would strongly recommend that you look in the Gemara of a Basra Samoch 60B where you're going to find the following the Gemara teaches on the third of the wide lines in the Gemara, and teaches the following Torah the rabbis taught, Kishachorah Vabayas Pishniyah, when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed the second time, Rabu Prushin Be'Yisrael. There were many Jews who were ascetics. And they said, wait a second, let's not eat, and I translate for the sake of time, let's not eat meat and not drink wine. Now, the reason for that being to show and express our mourning for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. So Rabbi Yoshua tried to dissuade them. And he asked them, Bonai. My children, Mipneima, what's the reason that you're not going to eat meat or drink wine? So they said to him, My goodness, how can we? After all, meat was offered on the Mizbeach every day as part of the Korbanos. And now that we have no more Korbanos, is it right that we should enjoy meat while the Mizbeach is deprived of it? Can we drink wine when they used to pour wine on the Mizbeach? And their response was, certainly not. Rabbi Yeshua responded to them and said, well, if that's the case, lechem lo You shouldn't eat bread either because after all, But lumenachos, the meal offerings that were brought on the Mizbeach are likewise, no more. So they responded, the Prussian, they said, Okay, we won't eat bread. We can live on fruit. But Rabbi Yeshua said to them, Wait a minute, you shouldn't be able to eat fruit either, because we no longer have the mitzvah of Bikurim, bringing to the Beis HaMikdash the first fruits. So they said, okay we will bring and eat other fruit that are not considered among the Zion Minim of the Shtabcha Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi put the argument to rest by saying to them, well if the criteria is to desist from that which there was in the Beis Hamigdash, mayim lo then let's not drink water either, because after all, botel niso hamayim, the pouring of the water that was done specifically during Sukkos has also stopped. And therefore, they realized that they could not make such legislation. So, therefore, what did Rabbi Yeshua say to them? And this is so important for us in terms of a mindset as we approach the nine days. He said to them, Shalolis Abel Kol Ikar Efshar. Not to mourn is impossible. Why? Shekfor Nigzer Akzerah. Our rabbis have decreed that we are to mourn. However, l'sabeil yoser midai yefsher to mourn excessively is also impossible. Why? She zehra alat zibur. We don't impose a decree upon the populace. She'in hatzibur la'bopo. If the majority of the people cannot comply with it, and therefore, what should we do? Sododom as beso When a person plasters his house, he should leave over by the entranceway an area reminding him that there we're missing. We can't completely beautify our homes without the home of the Beis hamigdash, And so it is that we should leave over something when we set the table. A woman should not be completely adorned in her jewelry. And he brings the pasuk of Im Eshkocheich Yerushalayim Tishkach Yemini, the pasuk from Tilim 137 and if I do not put Yerushalayim above my highest joy. And what is that? That says the Gemara refers to Afer Makleb Shabarosh hasanim My friends, when we had a base of the Khassan war a crown on his head. Now that we don't have a base of Mikdash, the strong minah Yisrael is that in the place where we normally would put the Tfilin shel rosh, we put instead of Pe'er, which is a crown, we put efer, we put ash as a sign and a remembrance. We do not have the of Hamigdash. With this as background, that we have to have some observance, the rabbis said to us that for the period of nine days, we can have certain restrictions. And so we do not eat meat or poultry or drink wine or grape juice during the nine days, which began last night, which is in effect today, the first day of the month of Av, today being Rosh Chodesh Av, and it goes through Tisha Av. We don't <coughs> eat meat, poultry, drink wine or grape juice during this time. And the restriction includes food, made from meat, like soups, even if no no meat is actually present, and it applies as well to foods in which wine or grapes was diluted. Food cooked in a utensil normally used for meat may be eaten. Beer, whiskey, other liquors not containing wine can be consumed during this period. Now, interestingly, children over the age of six, it's best to have them abstain, if possible, from meat, fowl, wine, and grape juice during the nine days. Now, this is not because of Avelos. Number one, Lowelenu and avel. One who is a mourner is permitted to have meat and drink wine during Shiva. And second of all, the children are not included in Avelus. But this restriction of eating meat and drinking wine is not Avelos but rather it is chinuch, teaching our children that there is to be a zecher v'chorban, that we are to remember the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, that we are significantly (coughs) lacking the Beis HaMikdash. We feel it, and in that regard, we want our children to feel it as well. Now, meat and wine may be consumed as usual tonight, Shabbos, this Shabbos, and next Shabbos, which happens to be the 9th of Av, and we don't fast next Shabbos, but rather on the 10th of Av. It's a nidcheh, and we'll talk about that, please God, next Friday. By the way, if one is ill and they have to eat meat, preferably We should serve them poultry first, and if not, you can give them meat. Now, interestingly, after Shabbos, one may not eat the leftovers from Shabbos after Shabbos, when Shabbos is over. And interestingly, if a person takes in Shabbos early tonight, then once they take in Shabbos, they can Eat meat, drink wine as soon as they take Shabbos in. And <coughs> if one was having meat and wine for their shalosh su'udos, if that is extended into and beyond Shabbos, as long as they are in the Shabbos mode, having a su'udash lishit they can have meat and uh, wine. If one completes a portion of learning, a Gemara, a Seder of Mishnayis, not a Perik, not a Meserta, but a Seder of Mishnayis, if one completes a portion of learning, they've been learning regularly, and it f- turns out That the learning is completed during the nine days they may make a siyum and at which time the participants not only of the learning but whoever is invited may partake of the meat and wine during that meal but one should most preferably not learn specifically to make a siyum and most preferably one should not delay the completion of their learning in order to be able to make a seum. Meat and wine may be served at a meal, a sudas mitzvah in honor of a bris and a pigeon haben. Swimming is prohibited during the nine days. However, Children under boys under bar and girls under bas mitzvah may go swimming if it is exceedingly hot during the nine days. And <coughs> one who goes to the mikvah regularly, a gentleman can do so erev Shabbos. During the nine days, if he goes every Arab Shabbos, and today, Rosh Chodesh Av, one can bathe or shower for Shabbos in the usual way. One may cut nails during the nine days, preferably today, Arab Shabbos, and next week again in honor of Shabbos. During the nine days, one should not shine shoes, except for Shabbos. And except for children's clothing, clothes are not to be washed, or dry cleaned, during the nine days, even if they'll not be worn, until after this period. One should not iron, or press clothes, during the nine days. And on Shabbos, tonight, tomorrow, during the nine days, and, according to most, even Shabbos Chazon, one could wear regular Shabbos clothes. Next Shabbos, not your best, but certainly not your weekday clothes. You can and should wear Shabbos clothes. New clothes should not be worn even on Shabbos. When a bris is done during the nine days, the moil, the sandik, the father, the mother, and grandparents, okay, as well as the women, bringing the baby into the room, when the circumcision is to be performed, these persons can wear Shabbos clothes, as well as parents, grandparents, and the kohen can wear Shabbos clothes during a Pidjon HaBen. New clothes may not be bought or worn during the nine days. And they may not be bought even if they're not going to be worn until after the ninth of Av. If there is an unusual sale, speak to your local Orthodox Rav. One may buy shoes for the ninth of Av during the 9 days, but that's it. One may not sew or fix clothes during the 9 days, and except for Erev Shabbos, right, house cleaning should not be done during these 9 days. And you should not put down linoleum, carpet, tiles during the 9 days. However, if you're renting an apartment or bought a house, if the occupancy will not occur until after Tisha B'Av, then work can be done in the apartment. Furniture, expensive utensils, should not be bought during the nine days, even if no bracha of Shekheyanu need be recited. And needless to say, ideally, Buying things for the Chassan and Kala for after the wedding again should be avoided during the nine days if at all possible. A car for business, if need be, can be bought during the nine days, but the Brach of Shahyanu or right should not be recited until after tish'a B'Av. Okay? And It is inappropriate to give gifts during the nine days. It's preferable not to go on a pleasure journey during the nine days, and elective surgery should not be done during the nine days, even if it's only minor or plastic surgery. Interestingly, the the brach of a go-mail may be recited during the nine days I just want to share with you one very quick uh, idea from the Parsha and that is as follows in the second Parsha of Massey the Torah lists the 42 stops that we had in our travels in the desert and there if you take a look in chapter 33 (coughs) Pasuk 38, the Torah tells us that Aaron went up to hor hor at the word of Hashem, died there in the 40th year after the children of Israel left Egypt in the 5th month which is the month of Av Torah doesn't say Av, the Torah says 5th month, on the 1st of the month which is today. Now interestingly this is the only your site mentioned in the Torah. Why is it mentioned and why is it mentioned here? If the Torah wants to mention it, why not mention it back in Parshas Chukas where the Torah describes the death of Aaron. And one answer that I would like to suggest that our rabbis tell us is that nothing is quote unquote coincidental. We read Parshas Masay, annually, just around this time, on Rosh Chodesh, right before, right after, etc., but certainly right around this time. And basically, the Torah is telling us, ouch, why is this time a time of mourning? Because Aaron HaKohen died. Aaron, as we're told in the first Perik of Pirkei Avos, he Symbolized Ohev shalom, Rodev shalom. He loved peace. He pursued peace. He told white lies from one to another. Ruvain and Shimon had a quarrel. Aaron took it upon himself to go to Ruvain and tell that white lie, and say, I want you to know your friend Shimon feels bad, and he really wants to renew the friendship. And he went to Shimon, and he said, your friend Ruvain. now that might not have been true, but once each one heard from Aaron that the other wanted to renew the friendship, they come to each other, and the friendship is renewed. This is what Aaron stood for, to go out of his way to bring shalom between people. Habrios, La Torah. He loved all individuals and brought them close to Torah. That, my friend, is what we need, especially at this time. Each person should take it upon himself. It's very easy to say, I love all Jews, and what does that mean? Whoever is like me. Whoever is in my circle, whoever is in my group. But that's not what we're saying. Remember, there were 12 tribes because each tribe was different. Yaakov recognized this and he saw each one as an individual. Forgive me, the size and the style of the keeper or the hat, that beautiful expression. Ein HaKova Kovea it's the emphasis on the wrong syllable if you put the emphasis on the hat a hat is very important if that's what you need and that's what you use with your davening and your identification but there are others that daven and feel strongly connected without the hat and our love has to be the same with a hat or without a hat and forgive me with a yarmulke or without a yarmulke We have to love all Jews. And that's what we have to truly, not simply mouth the word, but truly take to heart at this time. And we hope that that is going to be one very significant step towards our future geulah. Shabbat shalom. To all
1: J M in the A M. Thank you very much Rabbi Yudin, and of course again uh, our condolences to the Yudin and Rothman and uh, and Kupchik and Landsman and Skase families. Uh, Rebbitz and Evelyn Kupchik, Rothman, the sister of Rabbi Yudin, passed away uh, this week. Uh, shiva is being observed at the Yudin home in Fairlawn. If you need details, Nahum at NahumSeigel and they'll be sitting shiva until. Tuesday morning. Friday here at JM in the AM, it's Rosh Chodesh morning. It's the first of the nine days. To uh, Monday, I'm going to play my uh, father's uh, eulogy for the Lubavitcher Rebbe, which happened on the Rebbe Shloshim Gimel Av. Monday is Dalet Av, but we'll do it on Monday. Um, and, of course, we'll get into our spoken word format at that point for the nine days. Today is Rosh Chodesh on this Erev Shabbos Parsha's Matos and Masé outside of Israel. In Israel, it's uh, Erev Shabbos Parsha's Masé. So we'll all be caught up after this. And, of course, it's Shabbos Chazak for both Israel and the diaspora. Candle lighting in New York, 750. Make sure you know when things start where you are. The United Task Force presents their annual Catskills Nine Days Conference. The title is brilliant. When did honor thy children become one of the Ten Commandments? How to instill gratitude and respect in our kids. And, of course, one of our panelists and the chair of the – United Task Force is Dr. Fagy Zakheim, who is with us live via telephone. Dr. Zakheim, welcome back to JM in the AM.
10: Hi, Nachum. It is always such a pleasure to hear your
1: voice. I just love it. I appreciate that very much, and it's a pleasure to welcome you, not just uh, to hear your voice, but a pleasure to welcome you because you have an amazing and incredible topic. I just told you off the air, I thought this was such an incredibly uh, poignant and perfect topic for these days honor thy children when did it become one of the 10 commandments how are we going to instill gratitude and respect in our kids and i see you've put together a great panel for this uh, this coming tuesday
10: so we are super super excited i agree with you i think the topic and by the phone calls we're getting obviously everybody seems to agree with us it's a very innovative topic it's a little bit controversial yep Because the topic is honor thy children, when did that become one of the Ten Commandments?
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it.
10: Everywhere I go, and all the people that put it together—Ruchama Klapman from Mask, and Shana Friedman, Dr. Friedman from Shalom Task Force, and Hindi Klein from Ohel, and Hannah White—all of us are getting the same question. You know, like, how did you come up with this idea? I'm going to tell you something really interesting, Nachum. The topic is so good, yeah? Yep. People are coming over and they're saying, wow, it's such a great topic. But the interesting thing is that every person, young woman, mother, mom that comes over and says, I love the topic. I can't wait. Dr. Pelkovitz is going to be there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then they'll say something like this. The topic is so great for my friend because my friend really just gives in to her kids on everything. There's nothing she says no to. Anything my kid, her kid wants, she does. And I'm looking at this woman, and I'm watching her as her kids are coming over to her asking for things. You know, Mom, can I do this? And she's saying, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm thinking, hello? What do you think about the topic? Do <laughs> like, you think that you're going to want to need this? Do you need the topic? And the answer is no. I am so, I'm so boundaryed. I know when to say yes. I, I know how I to, know to, how to say say discipline no. my kids. That, right. I think that's a really interesting <laughs> part of it, the self-awareness of how many of us really do give in to our children so much, and we don't even recognize the fact
1: that we're doing it. 100%. I love it. Uh, all right. You mentioned the panel, and it is a distinguished panel. Um, it's happening, as uh, as we call it each year, uh, as a nine-days conference, right? This is the annual Catskills nine-days conference from the United Task Force, and this topic will be addressed by Dr. Pelkovitz, Hindi Klein, Dr. Zakheim, and Dr. Friedman. Uh, on Tuesday, August the 6th, this coming Tuesday, at one thirty p.m. at the Fallsview Estate Shule, which is on Fallsview Drive in Fallsburg, New York. Information at unitedtaskforce.org. And I noticed, uh, I, I guess because you are starting to maybe worry a little bit about just how many people are coming You are providing parking. You're guaranteeing people that there is on-site parking and that you'll be able to handle a big crowd because you've had big conferences in the nine days before. Because of the topic, this could be your biggest. Yes, so it's
10: really nice because, yes, this has been at Falls View for the past five, six years. It's over the top, standing room only. The nice thing about it is that really the Falls View ladies, we call them the Catskill ladies, they take over the whole conference. Wow. They do all the buffet. They set up a gorgeous buffet. They do the parking. They have women at the front at right when you enter. They have women as you come in. It's it's such an incredibly professional operation. There's always a seat for everybody, but there, you need to come on time. Uh, because there's just a lot of people here, and I agree with you. I think the topic of honor thy children, becoming one of the Ten Commandments, is really an incredible topic. Tuesday of the nine days is also the day we always have put away for this particular conference. Being up here in the Catskills, I'm up here now, is a whole different world. Because we were going to put an ad in the paper, and the lady said, no, there's no need. We all are in touch with each other. And then you send out a flyer like this, it gets out there. Like within five minutes, you have people calling you already from a whole different part of the Catskills. People come in from Muncie. They come in from all the different estate places over here. It's a beautiful event, and it's just, Amazing. And they love Dr. Pelcovitz. Yep. We've been having Dr. Pelkovitz and you would think they would say, okay, let's have somebody new. Every year they keep saying, can we get Dr. Pelkovitz back? They just love having him because he talks about the topic and then also he does practical solutions. He does examples of what to do in this kind of situation, how to change your behavior, how to modify your behavior. He's just amazing. He's great. Everybody loves him. I'm not
1: going to give the email address. That wouldn't be fair because a lot of people in this audience won't be at the event. But if you're going to be at the event, check out the flyer. There's actually an email address where you could send questions, and you're going to use those questions for Dr. Pelkovitz and the panelists uh, to answer once the presentations are over, right? Yeah, I wanted
10: to add on something else. A lot of people wanted to know about, you know, asking these questions, but they were concerned about the confidentiality. So, for that reason, we had Dr. Friedman, who's head of Shalom Task Force, we have all the questions being directed to her, and she's a professional. PhD in social work, so we are guaranteeing that any questions that are asked, even if they're not anonymous, any questions that come into her, they will only stay with Dr. Friedman. They will be completely confidential. Nobody will ever know where those questions are coming from and I think that's a very
1: important thing for me to mention. Oh, that's for sure. All right, everybody. It's the Nine Days Annual Catskills Conference. United Task Force puts together great events. This one is a great one every summer. If you haven't yet uh, paid attention, uh, make sure to be there on Tuesday, August the sixth. It's coming Tuesday at one thirty p.m. at the Fallsview Estate Shul. The program is dedicated to the Tzchus for Fuyesh Lameh for Chaya Bas Miriam Malka. And as you heard uh, Dr. Zakheim say, in addition to herself, Dr. David Palkovitz, Hindi Klein, and Dr. Shoshana Friedman are all going to be uh, on the panel and um, and addressing this issue of when did honor thy children. Become one of the Ten Commandments, how to instill gratitude and respect in our kids. There's on-site parking. There'll be a dessert buffet. And Dr. Zockheim is ready to welcome you this coming Tuesday. Do you need advance reservations or anything like that?
10: Um, You don't need advance reservations, and there is no fee. But there are are two more things I would just like to say. Um, one of them is that I really want to give a special thank you to Rachma Klappman from Mask, and a special thank you to Hindi Klein from Ohel, and to Dr. Friedman from Shalom Task Force. A very special thank you. And I want to say one more thing. In this time of of when when we when we are really suffering because of lashon hara and things that went on machlokas, I just want to mention that this this task force of ours, Nachem, you know the task force really well. Yep. The task force is 50 agencies, five zero agencies that all work together in, in mental health issues. And a lot of the agencies are competition businesses to each other. And I just want to point out that these 50 agencies there is complete achtas among them. We meet once every six weeks. And it's, it's organizations that work in the same field, that are sitting at the same table, because they have one goal. And their one goal is to help cholesterol. Their one goal is to bring goodness, things like this, things like Dr. Pelkovitz to the community, and everybody is together. And it's, it's just, it, for me, it's very heartwarming to know that 50 agencies are in actus together, working together. So I just wanted to mention that today on Rosh A hundred
1: really, percent. It's really, it's incredible to watch. I've been at the meetings. We had the amazing privilege over a two-month period to feature so many of the great agencies in the task force, and what you just said is a hundred percent accurate. The annual Catskills Nine Days Conference is Tuesday, one thirty Fallsview Estate Shul up in Folsburg. Enjoy, everybody, and uh, the website is unitedtaskforce.org. Dr. Fagi Zakheim, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
10: Nachum, thank you for being Nachum Siegel. Thank you for keeping us all together. Thank you for being so incredibly high-spirited. And mazel tov on your future simcha that's coming up.
1: I appreciate have that. have a
10: wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Thank, thank you so much, Nachum. Thank, thank you. you so
1: much, and have a wonderful Shabbos. Dr. Fagi Zakheim on this Rosh Chodesh Av here at JM in the AM. Candle lighting at 7.50 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are as it's time to say Good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the AM.
0: The sun is going down It's shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw There's nothing left to do Gone home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done am gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special
2: blessing on a cup That's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign
0: Your candles will
2: be burning
0: They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well in
1: Israel and our brothers and sisters in israel we are with you it's your favorite america's one and only jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio round the world the web and on the alchem network and of course on the beloved nsn app and that will wrap things up for an amazing week here at jm and the am a very very good rosh chodesh to everybody out there as uh, the nine days have begun and we are uh, drifting into our spoken word format here at JM in the AM. Um, Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Monday morning, we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. And as I said, Monday morning at 8 a.m., I will play my Father's Eulogy of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, which was done on the uh, 3rd of uh, Av back in 1994. And we'll have that for you on uh, Monday at 8 o'clock in the morning. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great job, it was a wonderful weekend. Till Monday, now, Homesugal reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.